T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, a different day for us here, obviously, with the DeMar Hamlin situation. The, um... The update this morning is no update since last night. He's in the hospital, critical condition, alive. And obviously we, we hope the very, very best for DeMar Hamlin. We always love talking to Mike Quick, and obviously it'll be a big topic within talking to Mike today, John. Brought to you by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, official app of the Real Philly Fan. Download now at betparks.com. You must be 21 and in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. We will get to the birds with Mike, but let's start with the DeMar Hamlin situation and a Happy New Year to you, Mike. How are you, buddy? Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year. You too, man. So, Mike, what Absolutely. is your what's your reaction? I mean, you, you know, what's your reaction to what happened? Uh, this one's a little bit uh, too close to me, so it's hard for me to talk about it for too long, but uh, it's just a scary situation and my heart, like everyone, certainly goes out to the family, uh, to the kid, and you know, all the people who, who love him and the game and, and follow him. Um, it's really just a, it, it tears your heart out. For me, I wasn't watching the game last night. I was at the Sixers, so I didn't find out about it until I was leaving the game. Sure. Um, but it, it's just a tough thing to deal with. Um, I, I, I'll, give, I'll let everybody in on a little personal note. Um, my son suffered a sudden cardiac arrest uh, early. And he was 12 years old playing AAU basketball. Mm. And um, I just know what I dealt with. And so when I heard about it last night, it just took me back to what, my family dealt with what we dealt with going through this, a similar thing with him. So um, mm. it, it's it, it's real tough. It's a tough thing for me to wa- have watched and um, learn about last night. So wow. certainly my heart goes out to that family and, and everyone that's connected and everyone who loves this game. You know, you, you it really brings it uh, to the human level when you see something like this happen to someone. Um I heard someone that you guys had on earlier talking about how we talk about these players as gladiators and, you know, we talk about them and put so many labels on them. But when it comes down to something like this, it really gets back to the human element and the fact that they're just young men and they're someone's brother and they're someone's son and they're someone's father and husband. And um, there's nothing more important to us than our health. And I just wish him, as I said, and everyone connected to him the best. Well, it's well, well said, Mike, and obviously a heart goes out to you for what you dealt with, you know, those years ago. Um, 
What do you think the NFL is going to – look, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want. I'll just – I'll ask you, and if you don't want to answer, we don't have to. What do you think the NFL is going to do next? I don't know if there's anything that they can do. I mean, it's, this is not like uh, something where you're going to make changes in the game itself. Uh, there are people that have issues. And, you know, it happens – so when you – this happens in your life, you become more sensitive to it wherever you hear something about this. And I remember the kid from the Minnesota Vikings during training camp. Uh, the same type of thing happened. Corey Stringer. You, you're not, you're, yeah, and you're not going to be able to change the game. Yeah, it was Corey Stringer, exactly. You're not going to be able to change, like, the game because – and most times you don't even know that someone has uh, a heart condition until it's too late. Lynn Bias, um, he suffered from what's called – hypertrophic cardiomyopathy with the thickening of the heart. You don't know that until you dig deep and to different layers to find out um, what guys' conditions are. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, it's hard to suddenly change and make new rules um, based on something that we don't know that we don't know. Right. Well, uh, like, if you don't mind, let's just uh, ship gears. We'll talk. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Prior to this Saints game, uh, how close – you're in those meetings with the coaches and with the players. How close do you think Jalen was to actually taking the field and playing against the Saints? I, I think Jalen, if you'd strictly left it up to him, probably would have wanted to play. Uh, but I think these decisions have to be made um, in a group effort. I don't think mm-hmm. it should be just one guy saying, hey, he's going not even certainly not that guy because you have to protect that guy because he wants to play. Um, so I think he was close to playing close to being healthy enough to play, but I think the smart thing to do was to keep him out. Um, had the game gone differently and I think it should have gone differently then everyone would have been on board with keeping him out. But, you know, you lose that game and now you, you this team puts themselves in a tough predicament. Um, and, it's a game that they really almost have to win because you want to get home yeah. field advantage and you, and you want to get a buy in that first week. So they have to win this game, plain and simple. Why do you think the coaches ran so many Jalen Hurts plays with Gardner Minshew? <laughs> well, John, it's built around Jalen Hurts' game. This offense is now – so it's hard to scrap everything. Um, but like you, I probably would have liked to see them run, a, run more plays that would just – end off to their halfback and and have the halfback run the football rather than the plays where you're reading and you have the possibility of Minshew running the football uh, because that's just not – it's not a good formula. Mike, why was Minshew so bad? I mean, he, he stunk. What the heck? <laughs> well, he's a backup quarterback. You know, he can do some things, but there are a lot of things that he can't do. And, you know, when you're asking him to read and – I thought he, I didn't think his decision making was the best. There are a couple of times when he probably should have given the ball. Um, the one in particular that just sticks out when he probably should have handed the ball off, but he ran off the right side. It was early in the game. Yeah, third and one um, or whatever. And Cameron Jordan played the dive, and he, and he played him. And he's not going to outrun Cameron Jordan. Right. Cameron Jordan, you know, I'll give you a little history on him. His father was a tight end in the National Football League, and. Cameron's just a little bigger than his father was when he played tight end. So he can run and he was going to run him down. And he did. Uh, that's just not a good situation when he's going to take the dive, hold the ball and run and try and beat that guy to the corner. Mm-hmm. Which is more true, Mike Shane Steichen got pass happy against the saints or the saints defense. It, they, they've learned how to force us to throw. I don't, I'm not sure if either. Um, in this offense, they're able to really pay a lot of attention to the halfback and the dive because they didn't have the concern mm-hmm. of the backside. John, you know how how Jalen's able to hold the backside defender so well because they're so afraid of him keeping the football and running out the backside and picking up big yards. Yeah. But they didn't have that threat, so they were able to 
allow lots of people, all the assets on taking away that dive. We're not worrying about him running out the backside. And um, and they were able to take away the dive. I thought, I thought they got really smart, the Saints did, in the way they played their back end. Um, you know, we saw the interception, the pick six that sealed the game. Well, they saw that earlier in the game, and they were jumping that route. It was early in the fourth quarter. The same defender jumped that route, but he probably should have gotten called for pass interference and didn't. But they started to see by formations what the Eagles' options were and what they were going to do. Hmm. So you have to give it up to them and their game planning and they and making their adjustments. You know, those guys, they get paid a lot of money too. So they came up with a good game plan. and But still, with the mistakes that the Eagles made, you take away a few of those mistakes and they really should have won the game. What's the likelihood uh, we reshuffle the offensive line this week? I don't think it's likely. I think you, going into the playoffs, you start to prepare, and I'm sure they're already doing this, you prepare for other guys if it doesn't work out with Jack over there. Um, you know, you maybe you start to work in Dillard on the left and Malata getting some snaps on the right. Yeah, I think, that's what I'm I think Stoutland. I think Stoutland goes through all of these scenarios. And I think they'll start to plan and, and rehearse for all of these different scenarios. Um, but I don't think it will change this week, though. I think you give them another shot. Um, yeah, I know Thibodeau is going to be facing him. And uh, what's it, Ojolari, the other guy that comes off the edge for the Giants. It's not going to be easy, but I think you have to give uh, Driscoll another shot. Mike Quick with us here. And, of course, Mike, what you just said is true if it's true, meaning if the Giants choose to play their starters. If you're yeah. the Giants and you're locked into the sixth seed, are you playing your starters against a rival week 18? Or do you just say backups go for it and you just pretty much punt the game? So I don't think you have you, – you've gotten to where you want to get to. There's no real advantage. I hear people talking about, well, you got to keep your momentum, keep your rhythm. I, I, don't, I don't buy into that. I don't think there's any real advantage to the Giants playing their top players, playing Saquon Barkley and playing their quarterback, uh, Julian Love, and the, the guys who are key guys to their success. I just don't see them yeah. playing those guys. And if, if I'm the king there, I don't play those guys. I come down here and I try and get my backup guys some work, um, try and make sure that uh, the backups that I may need, that they understand what they're doing. And I try and get out of here with as many healthy bodies as I can. I agree with you, Mike. Yeah, look, I agree with you. What's interesting, though, is, you know, Doug last week played, you know, a couple days ago, played his starters in a meaningless game for the Jags before, you know, a winner-take-all game this weekend. The Bucs announced yesterday they're playing Tom Brady and their starters. Um, So, you know, different approaches. It'll – I don't know. What's your – just big picture here, Mike. As Eagles get – look, they're going to be in the playoffs one way or the other, one seed, two seed, or five seed. Yeah. What's your just your concern level right now, comparative to three weeks ago, and how you feel about the Eagles' chances in the postseason? Well, missing Lane Johnson is certainly a big deal. I, I hope and think Josh Sweat will be back, but that's the biggest deal. But I'm still not overly concerned. I think this is a really good football team. I think they're going to be able to go toe to toe with anybody that they're up against, and hopefully, it's in the second round and and whatever team that they have to play, that team has to come to Philadelphia. And I'm not that concerned. Mike, stay well, man. Listen, we appreciate you sharing the story you shared today. We know for anyone that's played pro football, it's got to be particularly a difficult day. And obviously with your family history there, um, we care about you, man. Just want you to know that, Mike, always, man. Appreciate it, guys. Always good to join you. Thanks, Mike. There Thanks, he is. Mike. Eagles great. Mike Quick, of course, Eagles announcer as well. John, what we just touched on there uh, near the end about the Bucks situation. So this is where you get different situations for different teams. The Giants and Bucks are not in the same they're, – they're in the same spot as far as where they're going to be in the come playoff time. The Bucks are going to be the four seed. Um, the Giants are going to be the six seed. Right. But here's where it gets a little tricky and different. The Bucks haven't hit a stride this year. And I think they feel like maybe, maybe, maybe they're just about to hit a stride. I mean, James, what Tom Brady did in that second half won you your fantasy football league. Yeah. I mean, it was the best Brady all year by a mile. And if I had to guess, Brady, you know, talks to Bowles. Because, by the way, Brady played a lot of Week 17s all those years with the Patriots when they had the one seed locked up. Like, Belichick often played his players. 
He was in that position a ton. And they would play. And I think – so that's different than this current Bucs, which is they really haven't been very good. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're trying to hit a stride. And I bet you Brady looks at it like, let's – Let's really find our groove, guys. One more shot to find our groove so that when we enter the playoffs, we've got a groove and it's established. Now, I don't think that's the Giants situation. I don't, I just, I think the Giants situation is, we made the playoffs first time in a while. We're really not that good, but we know we can kind of just stay on the ground. We can keep it close, try to get a turnover. Maybe we win a playoff game. To me, it's a different deal. Do you agree with that? And how do you how do you like if you were the Giants, would you play your starters? Look, I, I think Tom Brady makes it a completely different deal because of the the past history that you mentioned. Yeah. Like it, for whatever reason, like that's what he's accustomed. That's to That's what doing. they did. The Giants are fortunate to be where they are. You know, they had a great start to the season, and then they have really trailed off. Yeah, I don't think they expect to hit. To hit a stride, right. you know, exactly. they're sort of just like, wow, look what we did. A little thankful to be there in all likelihood. Yeah. Like, who has a better chance to make the Super Bowl, right. Tom Brady or the Giants? Come on, let's be real. It's Tom Brady. Yeah, I think. Even the though Giants, they're not good. They are they have not been good. They're 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, you're right. Right? I mean, uh, it's just, I'm being honest. The Bucks feel dangerous. The Giants feel sort of. Well, one and done. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably are very aware of themselves, you know, self-aware enough to, to realize that. And I, I think there's no way, especially with what we heard from Dable yesterday, there is no way they play starters. You know, uh, Mike was talking about how uh, Thibodeau is going to be lined up against, uh, you know, whoever our right tackle is. I think there's no way you see Thibodeau in this game. I think we're going to be facing Tyrod Taylor and, and uh, Matt Breida uh, at, at running back. And that's just – what we have I to tend expect. to agree, and I'm, I'm glad to some degree that we are, you know, locked in to win this game. In my mind, this is a W already, and I know it's, you know, you're not supposed to look ahead like that and take games for granted. I do take this game for granted because the Giants don't care at all. I tend to agree with you. I'll say this. It makes it a lot easier for the Eagles, but as an Eagles fan, it also takes some of the edge off this week. I was looking forward to seeing the Eagles in a meaningful game against the Giants, real players, to see how the birds would stack up. Thinking the Eagles would win, but thinking, okay, let's get a, a measure of how the, the birds rebound from the last two weeks. Now it just feels like you're in a layup line in basketball. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just oh, go take a layup. Oh, okay, sure, there's a layup. There's no defense. I mean, that, that's what it feels like to me. Let's go to Tony right now in Delaware. Hi, Tony. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hold on for me one second. Sure, Tom. I want to get up. I think I'm okay. Hey, I just wanted to comment on uh, the NFL in large and the Cincinnati organization on how they were able to get to this kid as quickly as they did and how they were able to – they had all the right the right equipment, the right people. Um, I think somewhere along the line, as I was listening, one of you guys may have said you think they may have saved his life. They unequivocally saved his life, no question about it. If they hadn't been there and hadn't known exactly what to do, this this young man may not have made it. I have seen. And another thing, I'm not really sure. I don't know what your opinion is. I haven't heard enough about the diagnosis. But I don't think that the hit that Hamlin took is what caused this coronary. I think this young man may have had an underlying, uh, maybe a genetic uh, coronary anomaly that no one knew about. And... That may have just... But but the hit, obviously, Tony, even if there's an underlying thing, the hit obviously triggers it, meaning if the hit didn't happen, he was not going to fall down that instant in in his life, right? I mean, can we agree on that? Probably not in that instant. Yeah, I'll agree on that, too. Uh, But hats off to the Cincinnati organization. They had the right people there. I saw firsthand, and I know it happens, I saw firsthand a young man, 26 years old, playing basketball with a bunch of friends, uh, nice little pickup game, having a ball, he dropped, dropped to the ground. None of his buddies knew CPR. Wow. They didn't have the equipment. The, wow. the uh, paramedics couldn't get there in time, and he didn't make it. Wow. 26 years old, had a heart anomaly that nobody knew about, and, uh, and that's why I, my hat's off to the Cincinnati organization who had the right people, the right equipment, did the right thing, and, and saved this kid's life, unequivocally saved this kid's life. 
Tony, appreciate the phone call, man, and that perspective. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on WIP. Hey, how you doing? Heartbreaking situation, but it's got to be reassuring to the family that the, the whole country is, you know, uh, watching this thing closely and cares about this kid. I'll like, tell you this, Mike. If he pulls through and if he has, you know, let's just call it normal brain function, he, he is going to find out that the world loves him and yeah. that, you know, that a lot happened once he became unconscious and he's going to wake up to the support of millions, if not billions of people. That is true. Um, on to the Eagles. It's hard to talk about the Eagles. I know. I know. Type of things going on, but, um, but on to them, I'm a little concerned about, I, I think the Eagles have to take a really drastic approach. I think that they have, I, I, I've been saying it all year and I've talked to John quite a few times and both you guys about Miles Sanders. And I just don't think he's a workhorse and it's showing up mm-hmm. now. And I'd love to see Boston Scott in there. I've said that too, yeah. but I think, you know, I'm wondering this guy, Trey Thurman, who is it? Why don't they just bring him up and throw the dice? Yeah. I, I and, like the way he runs and uh, he's got some size to him. I, I think he, you know, he runs angry yeah, he, and he's tough. I like Boston Scott a lot too. Yeah. Uh, he runs angry, small, but he's a good runner. Yeah. But Mike, he here's what, here's, good, the, here's the argument against Trey Sermon. And, and am I mildly intrigued? Sure. I am mildly intrigued, but remember this. Miles Sanders has had a fantastic year. That's number one. Number two, fundamentally the Eagles view Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell is better than Trey Sermon. If they didn't, they wouldn't dress them. They would dress Trey Sermon. Number three, even in a game like last week, meaning two days ago, when Miles Sanders, you know, wasn't 25 carries guy with backup quarterback, the coaching staff still only handed it to the running backs, the backup running backs three times. Number four, four, Jalen Hurts is like a Sherman tank on fourth and ones. The guy's automatic. So I don't think you need Trey Sermon. That was the Jalen Hurts before the injury. The, the defenses are going to be looking to stop this guy. If I was a defensive coordinator, I would game plan to make Jalen Hurts' life doubly as hard. The pressure on him is going to get twice as bad. Well, they're going to try to hit. They're going to try to hit him a lot. But they already were trying that, Mike. I mean, I just well, not they were, but this is going to be different. The field's going to be smaller for Jalen Hurts. He's not just running up the middle on design draws like he did in Chicago. It's just not going to be there. And uh, I'm afraid that this thing is starting to line up like the Tampa Bay game last year. They need to have another element. These coaches have to think out of the box. All right, listen, there. Mike. You bring uh, you bring up an interesting point, and Mike, good call right there, John. Do you think? And I know it's we're just speculating here. When Hertz comes back, presumably in five days against the Giants, or in the playoffs, eighteen, nineteen days from now, do you think the Eagles coaching staff will look to run him less because of the shoulder injury? Yes, slightly, uh, but not not to the degree where it changes our bread and butter. You know, they they have a lot of plays that man they've worked repeatedly like think about the and and I think it's a pass pass run option but that draw that he scored against the Colts right. that he scored uh, against the Bears I think um there are quarterback powers that we run where it's just a direct snap and you're pulling a guard and you know or a back is leading up there for him you don't have to call those you know you the, the, but it's part of how they're effective it is part of how they're it really effective, is but if you if you allow him to just do the pull or not to pull and you know keep it every once in a while, he'll still strike fear into the heart of the defense, and you can lean a little more on whichever back it is, whether it's Miles or or Bothan. Do you expect his uh, throwing motion to be affected? His accuracy, his velocity, his his deep ball capability with the shoulder? I don't. His touch? I don't. I I think this guy is he's a unique individual to begin with the way he's wired and but if a dude's banged up i mean it's i mean you know it's been a long time now i mean i, I mean, get it i'm, I'm asked why i'm asking you the question yeah and and if if his motion would have been altered and and if the the ball's coming out differently they can do things to make it feel fine you know they will they will resort yeah. to medicine see here's and, what and fix it here's what would be really interesting to, to sort of assess these 
answers, John, that you're you know you know I'm asking you and you're you're answering with about this upcoming game. Not so much the pl- first playoff game, but I would love to know James the answer to this question. Did the Eagles choose not to play Jalen Hurts two days ago because they felt they were going to win anyway, and he could have played, or was he medically not cleared? It's a great question. It's because, guys, if he, was, if he was medically not cleared, then why are we just to assume everything's going to be fine this Sunday when he plays? I mean, granted, it's seven more days, but if he was not cleared to – by the way, John, my gut feeling, gut feeling, they told him, yeah, Jalen, just yeah, uh, sit this one out, big guy. We, we got That's this. That's absolutely my gut feeling. I, I which is which is agree. Hurts wants to again, James? play. I 100% agree. W- which is a good – which is better than he wasn't medically cleared for his chances moving forward physically. That, that, that would just be the way I look at it. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie, 215-592-9494. Your opportunity to weigh in on any and all of this. Plus, we go inside the game. John with the X's and O's related to what happened on Sunday. That was ugly. It'll make some sense of it for us. Coming up next on 94 WIP. Oh, Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie. It is 94 WIP. So a lot of football talk today. And obviously on two completely different fronts. One, the DeMar Hamlin situation from last night. Everyone's just reaction, you know, emotional reaction uh, to, to what you saw and how you experienced it, you know, like as a human. And then obviously as a football fan, what it, you know, kind of what it means moving forward. Short term, the league's got to figure out scheduling, uh, how we view football. I saw someone last night on social media said, I hate myself for loving this game. Well, I don't hate myself for loving the game, but we just know it's an incredibly violent game that can lead to some really bad situations. And last night, on a on an NFL level, we saw the you know the worst situation we had ever seen. Um, so that whole topic, and then of course the Eagles as they get closer to the playoffs. The Giants came first, trying to secure the one seed and their playoff possibilities, and sort of the concern level based on their recent uh, play that has lagged. All right, we'll go inside the game coming up shortly. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's talk to Jeff in Wilmington right now. Hi, Jeff. Hey guys, how's it going? It's going all right, Jeff. Um, so, Joe, you were talking to a, a caller a little bit ago. Was talking about that he may have had an underlying condition. Mm-hmm. I I tend to lean towards that uh, theory. Um, my father passed away with an undetected heart condition back in 2000, and he did basically collapse and die on the spot. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. So sorry to hear that for you, Jeff. Yeah, it, it can happen. Um, I was listening to the game because, you know, I'm on the road. So I was listening to the game last night, and I basically had to turn it off after a little bit. It took me like two hours to actually watch the play. Um, it's just, you know, things things like that can happen. I don't know. if he, It could have been triggered by the hit. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's well, just, it ha- uh, it, look, I am not a doctor, but it had to I mean, be triggered by the hit. I mean, it, I don't yeah, think if well, he doesn't get hit, he's going to fall in that moment. It could, dude. It could happen, man. Well, I, I guess it's theoretically possible. It just strikes it could, me as un- yeah. it strikes me as unlikely. I'll just say that. Yeah, and and you know, I was telling James that, that social media is a double-edged sword. You know, and you want to try to find you can find immediate information, but then you have to sort through all the crap I know that was put out there, and and it, it's it's just most possible. of it was good last night, Jeff. I mean, we saw a lot of good yeah. in humanity with the reaction, but we yeah, we yeah. saw you know some not good. And that kid has a he, – he started a GoFundMe a, a account for toys for kids in, his, in the Pittsburgh area as a senior in college, and that thing's up over $3 million now. It's probably $4 million now, but yeah. it really blew up last night. So that on a good note, you know, I just hope the kid's okay. Yeah. I really do. No question. Jeff, appreciate the phone call. I mean, John, as a player, this is a hard one because you, you don't know him personally. But if, if, if this had happened to one of your teammates – what would be your just guess of when you'd be ready to play? I, I, I can't answer that. I mean, like, yeah. I, it changed me watching it. It changed the way I view the game. And and I I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, I can't imagine, because initially they were saying, "Hey guys, take five minutes and we're gonna yeah. resume play." I can't imagine anyone's going to be ready to go out there and, and risk themselves after seeing that. Like, like that, uh, this is, I, I don't know how you rebound and view the game the same way. 
even though this is probably just, you know, I've watched a lot of football in my time. I've never seen anything like no. this. None of us have. No. But uh, to know that something like that can happen, it, it, it definitely changes your perspective. You have to, I don't know, reconsider everything. It, it makes you think of everything that's important. And then football seems yeah. so much beneath that. James, as you hear this whole conversation today, what's going through your mind? I mean, what went on last night? And just kind of wait, what, what, what's hitting you as a football fan right now as a person? Yeah, a lot of the same stuff we're hearing where it's, you know, it happened and it, I couldn't really focus on anything else. I couldn't think about anything else. It was so jarring and yeah. so upsetting to watch. And then you're just trying to, to find out if it's okay. And it's this, this terrifying feeling. And I think to Richie's point, it really makes you step back and say, you know, what are we doing here? Like, what, what am I, what, why am I doing this right now? Mm-hmm. And, and look, I still love football. We all love football. That's why we're here. We talk about the Eagles every day, but it's certainly something where you have to step back and think like, obviously it's a lot bigger than football. Do you guys think there's any chance there's no NFL games on Sunday? I think, I think if yeah. he, if, if you think there's a chance, John, it depends yeah. on what happens, you know, or well, maybe that's there's one too. game and it's the, well, it's not going to be – if there's only one game, it's not going to be their game. I, I think they would just invert them. I think they would do that on the backside. My, my point is, are NFL players across the league so jarred slash traumatized that there are players that don't want to take the field this weekend? I, I don't know. I'm just asking. I mean, I just – I don't it know. could be. I mean, I don't – I if I, don't I, think if it's I had to bet on what the NFL is going to do, I'll yeah. bet they're going to play, but – um, I mean, would you blame him? You know, if, I mean, listen to what Richie's no. saying. I mean, Richie, we know Richie. Richie's as tough guy, football guy as there is. Right. And by the and way, he's big, like shook by it. Big time nationally TV game. I mean, big time. Everybody watch. You're talking about a Monday night football game with massive implications coming down the stretch Two of the season. Two of the best teams in the league, yeah. that whole thing. I mean, if, if I had to guess, I would guess it might have been the most sought after Monday night game this season for NFL players to watch. I'll say I have not seen in my and again, I know it's a specific thing, but I've never seen more NFL t- players tweet about an issue in my like it's full. Like every, I feel right. like I've seen a million players tweet about. it. Not to mention, I mean, I'm sure every player got text, even if they weren't watching, and got text messages from their friends within five ten oh, minutes. And then a lot of guys know guys who know him, know know yeah. him, this and that. Like there's all that. Yes, that's part of it. I mean, Miles Sanders is, is friends with him. I know. Pittsburgh. You know, there's a lot of that. There is. There's a lot of that. Let's talk to Tom right now. Hi, Tom. Yo, Tom. <laughs> All right, Tom, not ready to go. We go to Jeff in Mount Holly. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how you guys doing? All right, Jeff. Uh, so just to start with the uh, Demar Hamlin thing, um, I think just these past uh, ten years of football have been pretty crazy because we watch uh, Chazier go down with his back injury, and uh, I can remember, um, you know, we remember Brown getting hit in the Bengals game. Um, I forget the Jets receiver, uh, probably in the earlier 2010s, uh, getting hit. Um, and then just uh, in our game against um, um, the Sunday, uh, watching Sweat Well, go the down Sweat thing was with, scary and the Foles thing was scary. Yeah. I mean, both, both were scary. You know, yeah. Yeah. These, these past few years of football have been pretty insane. And uh, to watch something like that happen where uh, he's not even going, like, full head of speed. I mean, he's just making a simple tackle. Um you know, and uh, yeah. to jump in on what you guys were talking about earlier, um, I think ultimately the whole situation is is bigger than football, and I don't think uh, Cincinnati or Buffalo should be playing their game at all. I think the NFL needs to step back and let these players uh, mentally um, think about everything that they're processing and just maybe result to a tie if that's possible. Well, here's the problem, well, Jeff. Here's the about. here's the issue with that is is it it then becomes the Bills then lose home field advantage. So now listen, maybe Buffalo will say we don't care. I find that unlikely, but maybe they would. You know, is there a scenario where the NFL holds a coin flip between Buffalo and Kansas City for the one seed? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, again, I'll I'll say for those that missed it earlier, I I think a solution to strongly consider is to eliminate the week, the bye week before the Super Bowl, push the entire schedule back a week, meaning play week 18 this week, but then have Kansas City and Buffalo – resume their game, you know, 11 days from now, 12 days from now, whatever it would be, and then push the start of the playoffs back a week. To me, that feels like the most fair thing to do. But um, the the tie scenario really doesn't favor Buffalo at all. I can't imagine that they would want to do that. Yeah, but I think, again, I think after what just happened, I think how they all stepped back, the coaches came together and talked about everything just to even – because I, I know there was that rumor that the NFL wanted to continue 
and someone, you know, apparently it came out that the coaches wanted to stop playing. Well, Stefan Diggs walked across. Steph, Stefan Diggs gathered his team together, and then to Zach Taylor's credit, he walked across the field and talked to McDermott, and that's when it was like, hold on here, guys. Like, we really about to play this game? And I thought that was a very, very classy and filled with tremendous leadership move by the yeah. Bengals coach, Zach Taylor. Tremendous leadership move. Um, just on a more positive note for the Eagles, I know we were concerned about um, like some of the offensive-minded uh, things that are going on. I, I, I think this is the reason why like uh, people like Chris Sims and Dan Lareski, they can't really talk much about our team because uh, I feel like they're just you know some jealous you know guys that didn't make it in the NFL. So they looked at this team as if it's the team, and honestly, um, I think we're really seeing the evidence that Hurts is part of this team, and he's the one that drives it down the field. Um, I know we are getting away from the run, but I think we ultimately got away from the RPO. I know Minshew isn't Hurts, but I think they could easily, you know, I think I'd rather take five yards of Minshew, you know, taking a slide uh, on an RPO than ultimately abandoning the run and trying to force the ball down the field. Well, I'll tell you this, Jeff, clearly, I appreciate the call, man. John, one of the lessons, if the Eagles have to go back to Minshew, which is possible, I mean, Jalen, you know, first of all, it could be this Sunday, but it could be in the playoffs if Hurts can't go or gets injured again, which is certainly possible. One of the lessons from the game is if the Eagles are going to run those type of plays, Minshew has to be willing to do what Foles did in 2013, which is once, maybe it was twice a game, Foles would just take five or six yards, he would get down. Keep it out the backside. It's just free free yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's completely – and listen, I don't blame Gardner Minshew for not being comfortable in that spot. That's not his game. But it's like, dude, if they're going to run those plays, then it better become at least something you can adapt to a little bit. I mean, it wasn't Nick Foles' game. James, you remember that. Foles used to take the five or six For yards. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's so if you're going to run those plays, you got to have that option. Yeah, and I'm sure that they've talked about that. You know, I'm sure the they have. Session. Hey, yeah. this, this will make us better. It's nothing fancy. Right. It's simple. Just do it. It's a little bit. Out there. You know what it's like? It's like the slugger in baseball against the shift trying to either find a way to sort of situationally hit it to a certain side or lay down a bunt. It's so what they're not used to doing, right? Mm-hmm. The slugger's not used to bunting. But it's like if they're going to give you half the field, you want the slugger to be able to have some back control and bunt. But it's very un, un you know, it's unnatural for them. I mean, ever since grade school, the slugger goes up there trying to hit a home run. All right, let's go inside the game as we do every single Tuesday at this time. A little look back to the last game and something to learn from it. X's and O's for Mr. Richard. John, what are we looking at? Inside the game, sponsored by PDQ Signature Systems. If you're in the restaurant, hospitality, or casino business, you need a PDQ POS system. With PDQ POS, you'll sell more, earn more, and work less. If you want the best, trust PDQ POS, PDQPOS.com. I was hurt by Jack Driscoll's performance against the Saints. He stunk. Because Minshew was hurt by it, too. Yeah, we were all hurt. I thought we'd found a diamond in the rough. You heard great things about how they felt about him. Uh, Now my Driscoll esteem has sort of dropped uh, precipitously, and I feel like we must replace him with Jordan Maialata. And this is, of course, under the assumption that Andre Dillard is physically ready to play, and I think he is because we haven't seen him, and he's on the roster. Uh, Driscoll against the Saints showed that he's a pretty good athlete, uh, not great, kind of the good in a pinch type guy, and I thought he developed into more than that, but I was wrong. I, I thought he had these great feet from watching him before, and against New Orleans, there were times he just looked sluggish, stuck in the mud. I do think he was uncertain at times about his assignments, uh, because he didn't aggressively attack his man. Sort of looked like he was guessing at times, um, which has been a problem on the other side at the other tackle for Jordan Mailata at uh, this year. And I wonder if there's a discrepancy of learning in that O-line room. I'd never considered this before. You've got some distinct levels of understanding amongst these players. you got Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, who've been around forever. They know everything. And It's got to be hard for the other guys who are sort of neophytes, like Driscoll needs to learn the game more, to raise his hand and say, hey, Coach Doutlin, could you explain that again? 
you know, like, could you could you explain our assignments again? I I feel like guys are missing something at times, and uh, it's it's we were spoiled by Lane Johnson's feet when he was in there because he's just so cat like and he's so strong on top of that. Uh, and now anyone's going to look lame compared to him. But I did expect better from Driscoll. He didn't. The stunts killed him. You know the stunts. No, he got crushed. The ET stunt yeah. where the his guy loops inside, the tackle loops outside. It's it's like pass protection one on one. If your guy loops away inside, expect to trade off with someone. You know, keep your shoulders square, and 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 don't follow your guy inside. And and there were times he he passed it off nicely, but man, he got beaten down with that a couple times and. I'm concerned about his strength level when DN's bull rush him. He's pretty good at at matching and mirroring a pass rusher if they try to finesse him. But man, it it looks like he's a guard playing tackle. Like he can't get his hands where they need to be when he's getting bull rushed. And part of the problem is he's got shorter well, arms. Well, and I'll give you the problem. The problem is if Lane Johnson can't give you a full go in the playoffs and has to come out. Exactly. That's that's the problem. Well, that's what we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah, like the, yeah. the this our right tackle position right now. I I believe Jordan Mailata. He's got the perfect build for it. He can get that punch in there to just stymie someone. You just stun him. Driscoll's not getting that punch in there, and 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 he's and he looks light and he looks small. He gets bull rushed, and and people are gonna take advantage of him. Everyone knows he's good enough to mirror a guy. They're gonna say, well, we're not gonna try to finesse him. We're gonna go right at him. He's not going to be able to get his hands yeah. on us. So I'm telling you, it makes the most sense to replace him with Mylotta, move Dillard to left tackle, and Dillard actually becomes our best pass protector. <laughs> Think about that. The I guy who's not Andre Dillard saves the day. Sure. Andre <laughs> Dillard that. has been <laughs> impressive at times, and those were preseason. Yeah, games. no, he's actually – I think he's going to – But he's light-footed, yeah. and he really he really has a talent for pass protecting, which is where we're weakest. I think Dillard's going to be a starter in the future somewhere. Just probably won't be here once he becomes a free agent. Let's go to the phones. Tom's with us right now. Hey, Tom. All right, Tom, not ready. We go to Gary in Southampton. Hello, Gary. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Gary. I, good. I wanted to – tell you um tell you my story um and it starts uh september 29th 2001 syracuse university uh i was officiating the syracuse east carolina game at noontime on espn and eight with eight minutes and four seconds left in the game i had a massive heart attack oh my god and uh i went down uh on the field um i was uh flatlined uh, they came out with a defibrillator. First time they've ever they ever had the defibrillator on a field, which was which is crazy, because it's like 18 days after 9/11, they wanted to put you know put that on on the wow. field. So that would, would that would that would that have not been on the field if not for September 11th? Uh, no, it wouldn't would not be on that field. Wow. Okay. In okay. fact, after after that game, uh, I was. Um, it was mandated that every college had to have a – every stadium had to have a, a uh, defibrillator on the field. Wow. Um, then – so I, I go flatline. You know, I, I was in intensive care for eight days. I was, uh, you know, I, I was just a mess. I didn't wake up for uh, 36 hours. Mm. But uh, that, you know, that um, last night uh, was – it was like devastating to me, you know, to watch watch that on TV. TV, mm-hmm. and uh, 15 minutes after the, that happened, uh, the trainer uh, uh, Tim Neal, uh, the head trainer for uh, Syracuse, the day that he saved my life, he calls me and uh, asks me wow. uh, if uh, if I was okay. I said I'm fine, you know. I said it's just traumatic, you know, to watch something like. Yeah. He said, "Would you believe that the guy, Cincinnati athletic trainer that that uh, did the defibrillator, said he taught? So you know, it just, it's just, you know, wow. it's just ironic that he was one of his students that he he taught that, uh, and um, you know, incredible. it's incredible. Well, it yeah. is amazing. You're, yeah, I'm looking at your story online because there's all sorts of stories about it, as I'm sure you know from back then. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and they uh, have a video of, uh, of it yeah. too. So. Well, listen. But, uh, God bless you, man, and thank you for for sharing yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a uh, good I'm a steady listener. You guys, I I, I love what you say, and uh, thanks, buddy. You know, looking forward to uh, the morning show. You friends with Milt Milt Halstead, by the way, who's been Very involved. Well. Involved with officials yeah. for many, many years from this yep. region. Milt's, Milt's yep, a great, Milton, Milton, you know, good, good man. He's a good great man. man. He really is. Yeah, I was. I'm in the uh, Hall of Fame as well. So, uh, and I was, I was in the, uh, I was a board member of the Maxwell years ago. When, gotcha. When, when we were, when the officials and and Reds back now and everybody were running. Wow. How about that, yeah. Gary? Yep. Stay well, man. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks. All Bye-bye. right, buddy. Appreciate it. Milt Halstead, By the way, John, you. You used to know him. He used to stand next to Andy every Eagles game. He was like Andy, Andy's guy, and he's been involved with officials in the region for many years. Let's talk to Chris in South Philadelphia. Hi, Chris. Hi. Uh, good morning or, or afternoon, gentlemen and Chris. Joe. Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to correct something that I've heard a few times that uh, it really needs to be part of the conversation in football from Pop Warner up through the NFL. There are multiple studies about this. That we're not talking about any kind of genetic abnormality for Hamlin. Uh, if you take a blow to the chest in the right portion, milliseconds of the correct final portion of the cycle of a heartbeat, it causes arrhythmia or can cause arrhythmia. Uh, and it used to be thought that it was just ventricle. Uh, we now know it could also be atrial, which could result, as we saw last night, in somebody immediately collapsing and effectively having what is basically a heart attack or uh, we've seen uh, there's new studies that if it's an atrial problem it could actually develop days later where somebody could collapse uh, and there's there's actually a whole there's a small movement within medicine to try and create try and take this as seriously as finally cut concussions have been taken and to create the right kind of chest protection uh, to try and cushion that sort of blow. Well, Chris, you know what's amazing? Because as you describe this, Sean, one of the things that hits me is thank God it doesn't happen more often. I mean, last night's hit was such a routine football tackle. Yeah. A- a- amongst probably hundreds of thousands that happen across America, not just pro football, across America every every weekend. Yeah, so Chris, if, if this if this can happen to anyone, then why has it not happened? I mean, it must be a one it, in it a one in a, be, a five billion shot, be. right? It's 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 a it's a rare possibility because it has to be within the right milliseconds. Uh, I'm I'm not a doctor. I have a good science education, but mm. there's a uh, the doctors use letters for different portions of the heartbeat rhythm, which are just the, those. The, they were talking milliseconds for each one of those letters, and if it's it's the last portion of which, uh, if your heart takes a shot there, because it's basically it's an electrical system. It's it's virtually it's like it's like Fonzie whacking the jukebox. Right. So if you get it at just the right time, it can throw the rhythm of your heartbeat off. So uh, this has actually been this has happened to baseball players taking a taking a fastball to the chest as well. Um, But rarely. But it's it's got to be the right place and the right timing. So it's it's now I I get what you're saying, Chris. Listen, it's it's fascinating perspective. I mean, John, thank God it doesn't happen more often because those type of hits happen all the time. Of course. I mean, frankly, that was one of the I mean, he got struck. But from a tackle standpoint, he didn't strike the ball carrier as as hard as a defender would normally strike the you know the runner. Right. And we're so used to just thinking about neck and head stuff, totally. and looking at it and saying, "Oh gosh, he got his neck bent or yeah. whatever." It was just to the chest. You right. think about it, it's like it's just a normal like put your shoulder down and drive yeah. into him. Like it felt so normal. Well, every you once know, in a while, you the the, the problem. <laughs> this opens up a whole can of worms. You know, like if if this is something that can happen to anyone. And they are teaching kids now, like, stay away from the head. If you're going to strike someone, strike them in the chest. Nah, they're not you know, going to. Like, nah. Look, look I, that's I get how your... they teach it. That's how they're penalizing well, it if you go to the head. And, I know. And so the head's off limits. Is the chest now nah. off limits, too? Like, this is uh, such a. See, this is where I'll, I'll, I'll say what I said at the start of the show. I don't think football will change as a result of this. I, it's an awful situation, but I don't think there's any. You you can't legislate out no tackling a guy no, normal. You can't. And and the only thing that you can do to change this is make sure that you've got some sort of apparatus in place, 
padding wise right to just to help to yeah. take away the, yeah. the shot that would actually affect that region I i've guess. always when i say always last 15 or 20 years since the concussion thing became a bigger deal in society um as it relates to football john in those years i have believed the single biggest threat to pro football is if high schools cannot justify the insurance costs and the just overall cost of fielding a football team due to injuries and due to lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, that has not manifested. But I have wondered if there will be a day 30 years from now, 60 years from now, where communities will say, you know, Tommy got hurt. We can't have a football team in high school. If you don't have high school football, it's very hard to have pro football. Yeah. And I that to me, that's anyway. Uh, John, I have a statement here that James just handed me that the Hamlin family just released. So um, let me read this to you. It says, from the family of DeMar Hamlin, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. So there you go. Very nice statement. Obviously, no specific update on his condition, but a statement released by the family of DeMar Hamlin. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, 215-592-9494. Your reaction as you experienced it last night as a fan of football, watching it. Perhaps you woke up to the news this morning. Your thoughts on it, plus the Eagles. Level of concern for the birds moving forward come playoff time, which is coming up pretty soon. And also, Rhea Hughes joins us. She joins us next on 94WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.